Star Wars 7x7 episode 919. Today I'm breaking down the Star Wars Season 3 mid-season trailer, which by the looks of it seems to be tying the season of Star Wars Rebels more deeply into the core Star Wars story. Punch it, Chewie. This is Todd Vander Hayden. I'm a national Canadian television anchor with CTV News and a syndicated radio host. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And we kick the trailer off with an eerie nighttime situation where Kanan's Jedi holocron seems to have activated itself and becomes glitchy and ominous. It's the holocron with the warning message from Obi-Wan Kenobi telling all the Jedi to stay away from Coruscant and to go into hiding and that the Republic has fallen. Now, I could have sworn this holocron was destroyed in the earlier episode in the season, Holocrons of Fate. And in fact, I swear to you, I saw that on the Wikipedia page as the description. Like, you can't really tell in the episode what happens, and nobody actually goes back and picks up the Holocrons in the episode, so you don't see it happen. But now, apparently, it is not the case. Whatever I think I remember seeing on Wikipedia does not say that the Holocrons were destroyed when they tried to merge them when Maul and Ezra tried to merge the Sith and the Jedi Holocrons, but I guess not. So if the Jedi Holocron is still kicking around, that means the Sith Holocron must still be kicking around as well. And we don't know who has it, whether the Rebels have it or whether Maul was able to grab it as he escaped. And we get a shot of Ezra opening the Holocron or looking at the opened Holocron just a few seconds later in the trailer, but we can't tell quite where it is. He is possibly inside because of a strut that you sort of see in the background, but you also see sort of shifting winds or clouds behind him, so it's almost hard to tell whether he's actually on a planet or whether he's in the cockpit of a spaceship. It's really hard to tell with the quick glance. And also with these quick initial glances, we get a shot of Thrawn looking out a viewport at a couple of Star Destroyers in a planet which could be Lethal and could be Atalon. It's hard to tell from space at this point. Atalon being the home of Chopper Base, where the Rebels are holed up right now. And we also get to see the TIE Defender in action. This was something that was hinted at earlier in the season. Those were secret plans that the Rebels stole. The TIE Defender is something that dates back to the TIE Fighter PC game. I remember playing that, actually, and that was quite the fighter, as I recall. It's particularly remarkable because it has shields and hyperdrive capability. So it is a beast, and it is actually now in production, apparently, and going to be seeing action in Rebel Season 3. We also see Chopper taking on what looks like sort of a version of an IG-100 Magna Guard, but looks a bit different, and it gives Chopper the business, actually smacks him flying. And from there we get a shot of the ghost showing up at Geonosis, and we're going to talk all about Ghosts of Geonosis on tomorrow's episode. And shots of the Rebels investigating on the surface and finding some very large pod with an Imperial insignia on it, along with voiceover from Saw Gerrera, Forrest Whitaker returning to the role playing Saw Gerrera and saying the Empire is hiding something important. And while Kanan says, we'll deal with it, and Saw says, I hope it's not too late, we get a very intriguing series of shots interspersed with it. First of all, we see that apparently there are active destroyer droids on Geonosis because they activate one, at least one, and Kanan and Ezra are having to take it on. We also see Thrawn arriving someplace with Death Troopers, Death Troopers that we saw in Rogue One. So yeah, now we are tying back into the movies again. Of course, Saw Gerrera being one of the ties, but he was a Clone Wars tie originally, so... 
Yeah, there's that. And then, of course, the Death Star being the something important that the Empire is hiding that they're referring to. So, yeah, we're starting to weave those links into the movies even tighter. We also see Thrawn gesturing at a holographic map of a planet, and this is already the first sign that there is extremely bad news ahead for the Rebels. Then we get a really intriguing series of shots. It looks like, it's hard to tell, but the Stormtroopers have somebody in their custody, and he has a helmet on, he looks to be shorter than the Stormtroopers, so I'm betting it's Ezra Bridger, we don't get to see his face, and it looks like he's being brought to Agent Callus. We only see a brief cut from behind, but I'm guessing that's Agent Callus that is meeting up with Ezra for some reason, and we cut immediately, or right quickly after, to... Thrawn saying that there's a rebel spy in their midst. And, of course, we get a look at Callus because, you know, it's got to happen that way. And he says, codename Fulcrum, Thrawn does, and puts his hand on the helmet that we saw of the person the stormtroopers were dragging in. And funnily enough, it looks like there's a stylized Lothcat design on the top of the helmet, which I thought was a neat little twist. But we also get to see Ezra's home, his home at the top of that spire on Lothal, and we see Agent Callus standing inside Ezra's home, looking around at all the stuff he's got stashed there, including a few Imperial helmets in the background. It looks like Callus is alone for this one, which suggests that there are multiple meetings between Agent Callus and the Rebels during this second half of Season 3 of Rebels, and thus there are more opportunities for Thrawn to get wise to what's going on. Then, in the space of three bits of dialogue, we get the best news and then the worst news. First, we get Mon Mothma, and yeah, again, tying more deeply to the movies. And she appears as a hologram to Bail Organa and some other folks, and she then appears in the cockpit of the ghost, or at least it sure looks like the ghost. Hera's flying it, Ezra's in the co-pilot seat, and there's somebody right behind Ezra who folks are theorizing is Cassian and or without the beard, but no confirmation of him as of yet. And here are Mon Mothma's lines. We're building an alliance. This is our rebellion. Yeah, and she's bringing a ton of ships with her. We see a bunch of them appear from hyperspace, including a hammerhead corvette, which was introduced in Rebels and which we saw to very dramatic effect in Rogue One. But just as soon as we get our hopes up about this, we get another line from Governor Price. A coordinated attack by multiple Rebel cells is unprecedented. And Governor Tarkin is there via hologram to hear Governor Price declare this. This is not good news, and we have a moment of excitement where we get to see Rex briefly, and he's triggering a bomb that will take out a couple of scout walkers. But then we get this line from Grand Admiral Thrawn, and remember what I've been telling you about how he's been not just trying to collect information on one rebel cell, but he's been sort of piecing the links together between multiple rebel cells? So, yeah, here's that bad news. They've revealed their meager defenses. And it's exactly this moment I've been waiting for. Yup, what I've been talking about. Scattering the rebellion to the four winds and busting all of those links that they've been creating. How Mon Mothma's been trying to work out an alliance. And yeah, that's all going to go by the wayside in this season. And Thrawn is going to be the instrument of that. He's going to set them back years. And we get a shot of Thrawn firing his blaster, and right after that, Ezra diving away from an exploding A-Wing. Now, a blaster shouldn't be able to do that to an A-Wing, so those obviously have to be two different scenes happening. 
but it looks like Thrawn is actually on Lothal. Now, there is a shot of him with some artwork in the background, and you can actually see Ralph McQuarrie's signature, as was pointed out in a couple of posts and forums and whatnot, which is pretty remarkable. I mean, what an incredible tribute to Ralph McQuarrie. But for the purposes of this shot, though, where he's firing his blaster, I'm pretty sure that that is not, you know, him standing in an office with artwork in the background. That is him actually on Lethal, which then suggests, of course, that the shot that we saw earlier in the trailer with him and the Death Troopers, that that's happening on Lethal as well. But at this point in the trailer, we basically get dropped into an emotional cliffhanger because it cuts to stuff about Mandalore and Sabine Wren and the Darksaber and what's going to happen with all of that fun stuff. She's flying the Phantom 2 to Mandalore with Ezra in the co-pilot seat. And if the trailer is cut chronologically at this particular second, then it goes to a series of scenes where Sabine is with Ezra and also Kanan meeting up with some Mandalorians and possibly her mother, Sabine's mother. There's some theories kicking around that Sabine's mother is actually a character named Rook Cast who showed up in the Darth Maul Son of Dathomir comics, and those were comics that were based on unaired episodes of the Clone Wars TV series. It's certainly a possibility, but I'm not sure I'm utterly convinced because when you look at the Son of Dathomir comics, Rook Cast is wearing Mandalorian armor with sort of red highlights, accents, that sort of thing. And the person that we see in Rebels, who is apparently Sabine's mother, is wearing Mandalorian armor with yellow highlights. Very different. Meanwhile, another Mandalorian character who brings a sense of uncertainty and distrust into the picture is Fen Rao, and he shows up again. The last time we saw him during Season 3, he said that Sabine Wren hadn't forgotten the ways of her Mandalorian ancestors and that she'd earned his respect, but yeah, how far is that going to go? Anyway, Fen Rao has this to say about this whole Darksaber business. And I'll tell you a little bit more about the Darksaber thing in a minute if you need the primer, but here's what Fen Rao has to say. If you can convince your mother to help the rebels, all of Mandalore might follow you in the Darksaber. So in other words, the Darksaber is basically becoming the Star Wars Rebels equivalent of Excalibur. And the brief history on the Darksaber, in case you need it, it's an ancient black-bladed lightsaber that was stolen from the Jedi by the Mandalorians in the Old Republic, so way, way, way back in time. In more contemporary Star Wars times, after the Mandalorians had become pacifist, the leader of Death Watch, that breakaway warrior Mandalorian clan, was wielding the lightsaber pre-Vizsla, and then when Darth Maul took over Death Watch, he was wielding the Darksaber, and it was eventually lost and resurfaced this season on Star Wars Rebels and fell into the hands of Sabine Wren. Back to the trailer, though, the word's going to get out that Sabine has this thing, and Kanan is going to have to start training her to use it. Once people know you have it, you will be challenged. So it sounds like we're going to get deeper into Sabine's hero's journey on this, which is a really exciting thing. But at this point, we are thrown back into the major overarching conflict, and we see our first hint of what we're going to see at the end of the trailer. We see Tatooine, we see the twin sons, and we see a lone figure walking across the desert. We also get to see Saw Gerrera fighting alongside Zeb and Kanan and Ezra against stormtroopers with jetpacks. And so this makes me wonder about the second half of the season if we're going to see Saw Gerrera across multiple episodes. I mean, we see the battle droids and destroyer droids in this whole thing. So yeah, that's the Geonosis thing, presumably. But maybe Imperial troops show up on Geonosis as well. I guess it's possible. But if they don't, then it means that we get to see Saw Gerrera across multiple episodes, which is certainly what I would hope for. And there's also the whole thing that we heard in Rogue One. 
the fact that Sagarera was deemed too extreme for the mainstream rebellion, as it were. And so I'm wondering if we're actually going to get to see what happens with Sagarera that makes him an outcast among the rebels. Forrest Whitaker's a big name to be voicing this character, so I imagine we only have a limited amount of time with him, so hopefully they're going to make it count. All right, now we're into the quick cut portion of the trailer where we're going to get a lot of stuff in a rapid sequence. We get space battles, we get Kanan and Rex coming out of hyperspace above a planet with three Imperial Star Destroyers in front of them. We get Chopper having some sort of malfunction in his Imperial Chopper disguise. We also get Sabine in action, and it looks like her jetpack from the previous episode this season was repaired, or she got a new one. And if she's working to convince her mother that it's time to join the rebels. Well, this line seems to be part of that conversation. My friends make the impossible possible. So whatever big confrontation is coming toward the end of this season, wouldn't it be something if Sabine's efforts with the Mandalorians are what actually saves the rebellion from being utterly wiped out? You know, if the battle is going really badly and the rebellion looks like it's about to be utterly and completely flattened and then the Mandalorians show up at the last minute and are able to hold off the Empire long enough for what's left of the rebellion to get away and scatter to the four winds. Because Thrawn isn't looking to just smash one rebel cell. He's looking to get as much of it as possible. I mean, if you hadn't gotten that impression from him already, then you may have gotten it from what you knew about him in the Expanded Universe. But he reveals as much in two lines here in the trailer, the first of which is... We will show the galaxy what happens to those who dare speak against the Emperor. Right? And then there's this, said in response to a defiant Hera. We'll never surrender to you, Thrawn. I'm not accepting surrenders. I want utter defeat. Crashing down upon you. And based on the rest of the quick cuts in this trailer, it looks like the Empire is bringing the fight to both Lothal and Atalon, so we are going to see some very deep devastation of the rebel efforts by the end of Season 3. But for all of the amazing things that we're seeing in this trailer, it's the last four shots that are getting everyone talking. And I'm going to tell you about those after the break. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles, anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. Welcome back. All right, let's talk about those four shots. The confrontation between Obi-Wan and Darth Maul is here. And, yeah, this is the one that I was talking about the other day and saying, I don't think Darth Maul walks away from this one. I don't see how. We could see Obi-Wan in front of the campfire, hood down, and Darth Maul approaching, and one simple line from Obi-Wan in a voice that is so eerily familiar. You're in the wrong place. And, oh boy, if you don't get chills from hearing that, then... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. And that's Stephen Stanton doing the voice of old Ben Kenobi. Stephen Stanton has done Governor Tarkin on Rebels and Admiral Raddus in Rogue One most recently. He's done other voices as well. So James Arnold Taylor is the guy who has done young Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's the audio double for Ewan McGregor. And I gather there's a thing going on. I don't know. There's a lot of discussion about why he was not the one tapped to do the old Obi-Wan Kenobi. Personally, I... 
I don't know a lot about that, and I don't know what kind of Alec Guinness impression he does. I have to say I'm a little bummed that James Arnold Taylor isn't doing the voice here because he's done so well with Obi-Wan, but that's not a knock on Stephen Stanton by any stretch of the imagination. I think he's been a great voice actor for Rebels, and he's doing a great Alec Guinness here. I can't fault him for that. But what an interesting line to deliver. You're in the wrong place? What could Obi-Wan possibly mean by that? Is it a direct reference to the fact that this is the worst place Maul could have come because it means that Maul's gonna die because Ben has no choice but to kill him? Or is there some deeper psychological thing that Obi-Wan's trying to tell Maul, like that Maul's destiny really lies along a different path and that he shouldn't have come to Tatooine in the first place? Not from the point of reference of, well, now that you're here, I'm going to have to kill you, but more from the point of reference of the you don't want to sell death sticks, you want to go home and rethink your life kind of situation. But we're going to have to wait and see how that turns out. They do give us one final shot of Obi-Wan in a very classic Jedi pose, the one that we see with him holding the lightsaber back and one arm extended with the two fingers forward. We've seen that in the movies, we've seen that in the Clone Wars, and now we get to see old Obi-Wan doing it as well, which is very exciting. And that's what we end on with the Star Wars Rebels Season 3 mid-season trailer. I think they've done a fantastic job getting us excited for the rest of Season 3 of Rebels. And I'd love to know what you think about the trailer and about the prospects for the remainder of the season. Please share your thoughts at the comments of the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. Alright, that's going to do it. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about Ghosts of Geonosis, the beginning of Season 3B of Star Wars Rebels. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you go out into an asteroid cave, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you want to join the inner circle of fans, become a patron of the show at patreon.com SW7x7. It doesn't feel like rock, it's destiny unleashed. is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.